I'm delighted, I've been lighted dotting. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top, man. These boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot, and they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so David and light. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright. The David delight. The David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, Stoops and I figured that we would, uh, we've already talked about how to build a fantasy or a Debbie League. Now we want to share our approach while doing um, a Debbie League. What, and it's gonna we're going to talk about both sides of it. The NFL side where we just did a draft. We did the Debbie to the Top League. It's the Debbie Delight League. Um, it's a Debbie League. And then, of course, on the flip side, we're going to talk about the Debbie side and our approach on the Debbie side of things as well. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about that. It's always fun to share a little bit of you know our mindset on things, the strategy that uh, that we may have with it, and kind of see see where it compares one amongst ourselves, and then just kind of uh, how other people view it. So everyone approaches things different, but it's fun to dive into it a little bit more. Yeah, I'm excited as well because, like I said, we, I've got a few questions in place. Of, of We kind of have the same mind frame when we're trying to build a Debbie team slash NFL team. We're trying to mix things together. Um, we've done this draft together now, which has been a lot of fun. We're also in a, um, a campus to Canton draft as well right now together. Um, so that's that's a lot of fun as well. So we've spent the last – basically the better part of the last two weeks or so mm-hmm. kind of drafting together in two different leagues where there's it's super Debbie heavy there you know you want to be involved in, in you know in the Debbie aspect of things um, currently in the Debbie to the top we, we made a trade yesterday and we'll kind of dive into that later we're also going to talk about our Scott Fishbowl rosters here real quick um, uh, I am super excited because you know this is my first year ever in the in the Scott Fishbowl I've tried to get in I think every year I think probably uh, this is the first year I got in um, it, my approach is weird. The scoring inside the Scott Fishbowl is 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 crazy. Um, so looking at the scoring real quick before I mention the scoring to everybody, what did you? How much did your approach change to your draft because of the scoring? So um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't pay that close attention to the scoring. Um, as I know some people really, really do. And I know that Scott, he really mixes the scoring up every year to kind of change strategies. But for me, it was kind of just uh, in the early rounds anyway. The guy, you know who's going to produce essentially. What I will say is I did look a little bit closer at the quarterbacks. Like, well, who throws a lot of interceptions, right? I didn't want to necessarily go that route kind of thing. So I guess a little bit on the quarterback side, but outside of that, it was kind of just more of, well, who do I think is going to have a big year? Who do I think is going to do this? And I kind of just drafted per my normal way of, of doing things. So it didn't change a whole lot for me. Um, and I noticed, um, and I don't have obviously the full on draft pulled up, but some guys fell a little bit further that that maybe you would have expected to go earlier and so on and, and vice versa with it. But it's been fun. I'm just on the satellite side of things. So I wonder if that's maybe changing kind of, uh, which you can still earn a spot obviously into Scott Fishbowl 11, right? If you win the, win, win the satellite leagues, but um, I just wonder if that kind of changed some, some people's minds, you know, where it's, I don't want to use the term not as important because obviously it, it's just as important. There's, there's, there's winning to it. So, um, but I wonder if that's why guys fell, but no, I didn't man, scoring probably didn't pay as close attention as I should have. So we'll see how that works out for me. But uh, yeah, so if to real quick to recap, if you're listening and you don't know anything really about the scoring here, the, the big difference here, obviously, the six touchdown, a uh, six per touchdown pass is something that's become more of a norm. But uh, completions, you get 0.5 points, incompletions, you get negative one point. Um, interceptions, instead of the typical minus two, you get the minus four here. Um, pick sixes, 
Not only do you get the minus four, but you get the minus two as well if it's returned for a touchdown. Quarterback sacks plays a factor. It's minus one per sack. So that's another thing that I try to factor in in, in approaching my draft is how often is my quarterback sacked, you know, and, and stuff like that. Pa- you know, passing two-pointers is normal. Um, let's see, where's the other caveat? Rushing first downs was an extra half a point, and receiving first downs were an extra half a point. Um, and then, of course, we had the tight end premium, which you get 1.5 per catch. And then, of course, you get the 1.5 or you get the full point for first downs from the tight end. So there's a lot of variances that you don't typically get in uh, a majority of the leagues. Um, my approach for this draft was try to get some guys that I like, try to get some guys that I- – Man, I tell you what, I did this draft completely different from any other draft that I've really done this year. I'm not going to say I kind of just veered off the beaten path of what I've been doing, but a lot of the decisions I made were based on this scoring and trying to get an edge somewhere. Uh, I picked 110. You picked 111, right? I believe so. Yeah, so my first two picks right off the we we approached it very similar without even really talking to each other. We realized that we had a lot of the same guys. Um, when I started at 110, I, I, I battled back and forth a lot. You know, George Kittle was there. I almost thought about taking Travis Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey was taken at 109. Um, the only other guy that I considered at 110 other than Drew Brees was Russell Wilson. And to be honest with you, part of me wishes I would have went Russell Wilson. Um, but I went Drew Brees and then at 203, I kind of shocked the entire world and, I went Carson Wentz at 203. Now, for me, I think Carson Wentz, if he stays healthy, he is a top five fantasy guy. And the thing about it is, is I think he was the fourth ranked um, quarterback. If you look at the 2019 stats with um, the Scott Fishbowl ranking, Scott Fishbowl 10 rankings from this year. Um, so, and that's even with missing a couple games, right? He missed a couple games last year. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see how, where he landed within that scoring. Um, who were your first two picks? So my first two picks, I kind of went the same direction, just different guys. I did go Russell Wilson at one eleven. You and I had kind of talked that up, talked about it. And I kind of looked a little bit more in depth at the, you know, the points that he had scored and all that stuff. But I went Wilson at one eleven, And then at two Oh two, I flipped around and went quarterback as well, but I went Dak Prescott. So, I, I'm hoping that you know Dak because when he's when he's on the field, obviously, and he's happy, I guess you could say, he's a top guy, right? He's got the weapons around him, and they just keep adding adding targets uh, or, or receivers out there for him to throw to. Um, then obviously Zeke's getting a little bit more involved in that backfield, so that's going to help with passing aspect for Dak. So I went two quarterbacks. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I was I was comfortable at the quarterback position and obviously picking at the late end of a round like that, or if you're at the early end, kind of at that extreme, right? Not really in that middle of the middle of the pack. If you don't, in my eyes, if I didn't take two quarterbacks there, I'm probably not getting a second quarterback. I'm comfortable with. Yep. So that's why I went two quarterbacks there, but yeah, I went Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. See, the thing about it is, is what people don't take an effect there, you know, an account there sometimes is when you're approaching a draft like this, you're picking at, me, for my instance, 10 and 15, you at 11 and, and and 14, right? So for me, people don't realize I picked 15th and didn't pick again till 34. Exactly. That's 19 picks, right? That's a lot of picks that are going to happen. And basically, I feel like I kind of jump-started the quarterback run with Breeze because it went Breeze, Mur- uh, Breeze, Murray, Russell, Carson Wentz, Watson, and, and you know that was, and then of course Matt Ryan went before I went as what well, before I picked again, but that was kind of like the thing was I'm not picking for 19 picks. If I and you're right, if you don't get the quarterbacks you want, mm-hmm. because there was that quarterback run so early, I started. I think I feel like I like I said I started that quarterback run. There were some guys that would definitely wouldn't have been available around come around my pick, and that was my approach as well as getting the two quarterbacks. And then I, I won't we won't go pick by pick by pick, but my strategy in round at the 310 was Leonard Fournette. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Everybody hates this guy, and I'm okay with it. Like, I hate Leonard Fournette. But a value of a guy that was so good last year, I'm not going to say he's going to replicate those stats from a year ago, but last year he had 1,152 yards, and, of course, he had the 76 receptions, 522 yards. Everybody's going to look at, oh, well, he only had three touchdowns last year. Yes, that, that is also very true, 
A, we get points for first downs, so that's a plus, right? The catches are obviously always a premium here. But the thing about it is, is he's going to have a touchdown, you know, positive this year. You know what I mean? I think that the opportunity was there. It just didn't happen. So for me personally, I feel like this is a guy that is just a steal at 310. You know what I mean? I know there's a lot of red flags, but some of the running backs that went ahead of him, I'm just looking at him like, why would you take some of these guys ahead of him? And and so I went Leonard Fournette at 310, and then 403, I went DJ Moore. So, so it, it's it's so funny. We did not talk about this strategy, right? So if Leonard Fournette's a steal at 310, he's got to be a steal at 311, which is where I took him. <laughs> exactly. And then I took DJ Moore <laughs> at 402. It's just the value. It's there. Obviously, that Carolina offense, we're all expecting it to just – we hope. Obviously, NFL is totally different than college, but we hope it's going to be even just a glimpse of what we saw at LSU, right? That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're banking on. And I think DJ Moore is just a good enough receiver to be worth that pick anyway. But in that type of an offense, I I just hope that we see – we're obviously not going to see, what was it, 1,700 yards, 20 touchdowns. We're not going to see a a Jamar Chase season like that, obviously. But, I mean, even if we can get – I don't know. I'd be happy with 1,100 yards and – 13 touchdowns, touchdowns. I don't know, whatever. I'm cool with that, you know, so happens if it it happens awesome. If it doesn't, then it is what it is. It's fantasy. But yeah, it's funny that we, and again, we did not talk about that. It was just kind of, that's just how the the players fell and that's where we were sitting. And I think a lot of it had to do with that. We were literally one pick off from each other. So for sure. Yeah, there wasn't much variance in, no. in what was kind of going out. So I'm going to really quick go through Breeze by my roster, uh, top to bottom. It's 22 rounds. Um, my quarterbacks were Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz. Very happy with those. Um, I'm really hoping, you know, you can sub in one out per matchup basis. But, you know, Wentz and Breeze being my driving force. Uh, my running backs, my running backs I'm not very, uh, I don't know, confident about. But, um Fournette, obviously being that key, very confident in him. I did grab Marlon Mack, um, Malcolm Brown, Raheem Mozart. Uh, I did grab Latavius Murray for injury purposes. I also like my Jalen Samuels pick because I think that he's still going to be the number two behind Connors um, for now, and he might be the passing down back. My wide receiver, I'll let you go with your quarterback running back first. There, Steve. Yeah, so my quarterback running back, um, I got Sam Darnold, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson. Um I'm happy with that. I'm hoping for a little bit more out of Sam Darnold, obviously, but he's kind of that bi-week filler. That's kind of what I have him for. Dak and Russell are obviously going to be my my go-to guys. Um, running backs, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, I, I took a few chances, you know, on some rookies, but I got J.K. Dobbins, um, Leonard Fournette, Justin Jackson, uh, Marlon Mack as well, and then I took Zach Moss. I'm just kind of hoping. I'm a fan of Singletary, but I'm hoping that Zach Moss and I I've watched. Obviously, I've been a big fan of him. Watched his film when he's healthy. Zach Moss is a is a stud, right? So I'm hoping for a little bit of opportunity there to kind of show show what he's capable of, stay healthy, and just stay on the field. But yeah, that's my quarterback running back. Yeah. Um, so for me, and then the wide receiver position, I took a lot of chances here. Um, hopefully, risk that'll pay off. Um, I went DJ. So my question to uh, I had text tubes. I was like, man, do I want DJ Moore or do I want Juju? Right. That was my internal battle. And then I ended up with DJ Moore and Juju. So that was, you know, a whole lot of fun. And then, of course, AJ Brown was mixed in there as well. But, um, you know, it was one of those three guys. Okay. So I got Moore, Juju. Um, I paired Wentz up with who I think is going to be his number one option this year, um, Jalen Rager. Um, I was very happy with that. I told Stoops very early on, I was like, that's the pairing I want to get. I reached for him a little bit. I think I grabbed him like eight or ninth round. I didn't really care. I did grab a couple receiver uh, rookie receivers as well. I grabbed Justin Jefferson. I think the opportunity to fill that wide receiver two role is very much there. Thielen is not exactly the most healthy guy in the world either, so that can really push him into the one slot if he does get hurt. But even if he doesn't, that ball is going to be thrown there a lot. T. Higgins is another route I went. I think the volume is going to be high there. He was more of a, all right, I hope that he does something. Mm-hmm. Another guy that I hope that he does something is um, where to go. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, Alan Lazard. Uh, the, the the Packers just didn't pick anybody up this offseason, yeah. right? So somebody's going to have to step up there. I think if he can start becoming a weekly factor, he's going to be good. I went Danny, Danny Amendola late just because. Um, and then D.D. Westbrook. And then I took a flyer on Antonio Brown just because it's Antonio Brown, and you never know. I'm sorry. I know his character is in question, but 
Antonio Brown, whenever he's playing, is one of the best, if not the best receiver in the game. Um, so where did you go wide receiver? So I do not have as many picks as you because we're only in the round of uh, 16, I think, 17 now. Are you still so, only in 16? Yes. Well, I'm, in the, I'm in one of the slowest ones. So uh, oh, receivers wow. for me, um, starting off Robbie Anderson. Obviously, I'm not looking at my draft. I'm just looking at my roster. But Robbie Anderson um, took my chance on Jerry Judy. Um, DJ Moore, Josh Reynolds, Calvin Ridley, and Cortland Sutton. So after looking at it closer, um, I then realized, hey, I've got two Carolina receivers and two Denver receivers. So, <laughs> But in this sense, um, if I remember correctly, our side of it, I think, is best ball. I think y'all actually set lineups, correct? Yes. Yeah, see, I think our side is a best ball, um, so right. I don't think we set those lineups. So in that sense, it definitely helps, right? It's obviously if one has a big, bigger week, then that one gets plugged in. So um Unless I missed it up and maybe we do set lineups. And if so, then so be it. Here we are. <laughs> but um, it's all in fun anyway. But I like those receivers. Yeah, I've got two from Carolina, two from Denver. So it's kind of like if one has a big week, the other probably won't. But at the same time, I, I just think that, that Denver offense is is obviously going in the right direction. They're getting some weapons there. Um, it's just going to come down to that quarterback play. What does is, what is Drew Locke there? Drew Locke do there? Is he going to be able to come in and really, you know, elevate these these guys and, and give them the, that fantasy value. And then obviously Carolina. We're just hoping for that type of a season that LSU had last year in any fashion, not obviously a mirrored image of it, but even something close to it would be pretty pretty awesome. So those are my receivers. I'm pretty happy with it so far, but yeah, we've we got still still some rounds to go. That's insane. Like I think the last time you and I talked about it, like about your Scott Fishbowl draft, you were in like round 15. That was like four or five days ago. Yeah. Um, that's terrifying. All right, so tight ends, I went Ebron, Higby, Higby, who I have in almost every league. Um, Stoops can attest to this. Yeah, um, He is at the top of my radar everywhere I draft. Uh, and then, of course, Adam Troutman. I'm banking on Cook not playing 16 games this year. I really am. I don't think it's going to happen, obviously, with the tight end premium here. And then I went CJ Uzoma uh, from Cincinnati. Uh, I think that he could play a factor in the red zone with Joe Burrow. So, um, and with uh, Eifert officially gone and Eifert never really played anyway, but um, I like my tight ends. What about you? So it's kind of funny with the the two guys I have so far, I've got Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurst. So okay. Hayden it. Hurst coming in to essentially, hopefully take that Austin Hooper role who in this scoring system, Hooper scored 218.2 points last year. So uh, do I expect that from Hurst? Not necessarily, but even if you can get me 175 points, 180 points, like I, I would take that, right? And then Hooper, um, what is Baker going to do, right? There's already so many weapons there, but it's just one of those. I always bank on the fact that when a quarterback gets in trouble, just dump it down to your tight end, right? I think Hooper's going to get a lot of first downs, and I think that's going to really help. I think that, you know, just catches, obviously, but um, I'm just hoping that, that, Baker kind of learns how to use the the tight end. And he obviously, Hooper can catch much better than Njoku. So that that should really help as well. But yeah, I went Hooper and Hurst. Um, Matt Ryan obviously loves the tight end um, on top of Julio Jones and Ridley and so on. The, the list goes on. But Matt Ryan's a big tight end fan. So I'm hoping he gets Hurst involved and we we start to see some, some massive production from him this season. Yeah, folks. So the, each year, the Scott Fish Bowl is based on, you know, the fun, obviously the fantasy cares. It's to raise money each year through the fantasy sports community for various charities. Majority of the money is raised to be used uh, to buy toys for kids at the Christmas, um, with toys being donated to Toys for Tots or similar charities. Last year, they did almost what? I think it was like $20,000. Um, you can go to Scott Fish's Twitter at ScottFish24 and see a picture. It says right here on Monday morning, we took $17,000 raised by the fantasy community to target in Minnesota to shop for Toys for Tots. Um, this is an amazing community to be a part of. Scott, What Scott Fish does is nothing short of amazing, right? What it, It's just absolutely mesmerizing the cool things that he does for the community and just being a small part of it, right? A small yeah. part of it, it is really awesome. Um, I it, it's, it's one of those things that makes you happy to be a part of the community, um, so if you feel the need or want to donate, go to fantasycares.net and you can donate there. Um, like I said, really cool organization. And what Scott Fish, Scott Fish does is amazing. And then we're going to slowly transition here in now to the uh, Debbie side of things like we talked about at the top of the show. Um, so right off the back, question for you, Stoops, to kind of, you know, like I said, we've already in the middle of the Debbie to the top league. 
we did our NFL draft. We're a couple picks into the Debbie side, but before we talk about any of that, how do you, we talked about this off the air. You said there's a couple of different ways you like to approach it. How do you normally approach your drafts and kind of dissect the ways that you like to as well? So the way that I personally will approach um, uh, drafting when I'm in a, in a Debbie league, what I do is I essentially just see where I'm drafting from, right? So for example, we, so in our campus to Canton, right? That's a whole different format. That's just a, that's a different beast amongst itself just because of depth on, on both sides of it. But nonetheless, we're pick, we picked 112 on the NFL side of it, which guaranteed us the 101 on the, um, the Devi side of it, which we all know who that's going to be. Um, so it changes my strategy in that sense where it's like, obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be, be the guy 101. Um, spoiler for anyone who doesn't know, but um, it, it kind of just changes your strategy. So it's like, okay, I want to get at least one young quarterback and I'm okay waiting a little bit longer on a quarterback. Right. So we finished, we got Tom Brady, we got Burrow and Tom Brady. Those are our two guys right now. I think we just drafted Foles, but it's kind of like, we've got those guys. So it's like, I'm not as stressed about getting that, that second quarterback right now. Right. That also means that we're okay. Accepting the fact that, Hey, we might not be a top team this year. I think we still got a solid roster, but it's one of those, like, I'm okay waiting a year for a Trevor Lawrence because he's that good. Right. So it also just then says, okay, well, we're not worried about the quarterback in the X round or whatever. So now we can try and focus more on that running back because the running back position really starts to thin out pretty quick. So I just focus on where I'm drafting from on the NFL side and then on turn where I'm going from the Debbie side. So I approach both drafts separately, but also mold them together because it'll kind of change where I'm at with it. And then also, obviously, as we've said, for example, in the Scott Fish, where we both drafted from 110, 111, how we both went quarterback early. Obviously, we don't have the Debbie side in Scott Fish, but um, that'd be yeah. cool if he came up with something like that. But anyway, obviously. Um, or we both went quarterback because waiting, what'd you say, like 19 some odd picks or whatever until we pick yeah. again, we don't know what quarterbacks are going to be there. But in this side of it, we know at the Debbie side, we're going to be able to get a, a top-notch quarterback at 101. But um, yeah, there's always just different ways to approach it. You know, there's, 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 in my eyes, there's three different ways. So you can either say, I'm going win now, essentially, no matter where you're picking from whether you're early, middle rounds, uh, or um, yeah, middle of the round or late. It doesn't make a difference. Are you win now? And in that sense, what a lot of people will do is basically say, hey, all my Debbie picks, or at least my first, second, third round, depending on how many rounds you have in it. Um, ours is 10 rounds, so it's a little bit deeper than others, but it's obviously not as deep as some other Debbie leagues that are out there. But win now. So a lot of people will say, hey, my first, second, third round Debbie picks are up for, for grabs, and they'll pick up a second, third round, I don't know, you know, whatever it may be. So they kind of pick up those early rounds in the startup to really build in that aspect. Um, but then there's also the flip side of it where it's just kind of like, hey, I'm going to not go into a rebuild, but I'm going to play the long-term game. I want all the Devi picks. So, hey, you, my first round is up for grabs, drop down to the second round, pick up an extra first and second on the Devi side. So now you've got four picks in the top two rounds and so on and so forth. So that's one way to do it. And then it's also kind of, hey, I'm picking middle round. I'm just going to kind of ride it out right? I'm at 106, 107. I'm just going to keep my picks. I might trade down a little bit, you know, to, to maybe gain an extra fifth or sixth round in the startup. I don't know, but there's just so many different ways you can do it. Personally, I'm so into the, the Debbie side of things that if I can pick up extra Debbie picks and again, we'll get into kind of the, the trade that we made. Um, but it's like, if I can pick up extra Debbie picks, I'm confident enough in my research, I guess you could say, that we're able to pick up someone that we do believe in and think can make an impact. So it just comes down to your comfort level. And I know a lot of people who are new to Debbie, um, who have never done it before, or maybe they're only one year in, so they're still trying to get their feet wet and figure it out. A lot of them will probably keep a couple of their, their Debbie picks, but really try and focus more on the NFL side. But for me, I just look at it and say, where am I picking from? What does that mean for the Debbie side? So therefore I can kind of reassess my, um, my approach on the NFL side. So like I said, in our situation, we got the first overall pick. So, Hey, we can wait a little bit longer on the, um, the quarterback situation, you know, and if we were picking, let's say 104, 105 on the Debbie side, then, you know, maybe we say, now nah, we need those quarterbacks. Let's go running. I, you know, I don't know. It's just so many different ways to do it, but that's kind of the way I look at it is where are we drafting from and, and, and what do I think we can get from it on the other side? 
Yeah, it really de- it really depends on how that NFL side works out, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, yep. it really does. Um, but for me, at the same time, I look at it this way. Um, you know, we talk consistently. If you know that you're going to have 101 um, this coming up year, 101 is Trevor Lawrence, right? You know what I mean? A, a lot of people feel that way. Uh, some people might want to go Chase. Some people might want to go ETN. There's right. a couple different ways. And if you like fields more, then you might go fields there. Um, but for us, like you said, the approach on the campus camp was, okay, all right, so we're going to go this route, but also this route. We knew going into it that we were going to get Trevor Lawrence. And and now we have Burrow and Lawrence, who could potentially be the two best quarterbacks. In so the we, I'm not trying to interrupt you. We could basically be set at quarterback for 10 to 15 years. Exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, barring no injuries. and ob- You know right. what I mean? Like Exactly. That's the plan. So anyway. Yeah, so the, it, going into that, that that was the the idea behind it because you know with the campus of Canton, obviously it's 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 set up a little bit different. You know what I mean? You, you know you have a, you want a couple older guys because you know you're drafting some, some of these Debbie guys are going to mm-hmm. be showcased. Um, understanding that, you know, like you said, we went Burrow, we went Brady, and then on the flip side of it, talking about the Debbie to the top league, the, the strategy here was basically the same that we've been doing basically everywhere else, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and in this one in particular, you know what I mean? We had, I think it's 105. We had 108 in the Devi portion. Mm-hmm. And so the way you set it up on the flip side is where you draft it. So if you draft it 108, you draft 105 on the Devi side. In my opinion, you know, approaching this one has been a little bit of fun because I think 105 is very much a rock in a hard spot pick this year in the Devi side of things, right? Yeah. There is a lot. The variance you can go after, I think, the top three. I think the top three is Lawrence, Chase, Etienne, right? That's kind of like your consensus, one, two, three, like I said. With a little consensus. field sprinkled in probably every right. so often. but Exactly. So four through 12 is very interesting in how it goes. Now, obviously, if it's a Debbie startup, like we're going to talk about as well, you have to approach things how you set up your NFL team, how we set up our NFL team is pretty solid. You know what I mean? We, we went, you know, we got Kyle Murray, Chubb, JK Dobbins, Metcalf. We kind of went super young. We had Daniel Jones, Adam Thielen. We got some young sprinkled with some old. Um, I think we did pretty well in the quarterback position. Um, I, I think, I think we're really, really young actually from top to bottom. You yeah. know I mean? That's, that's exactly what we kind of approached and, and kind of running through our roster real quick on the NFL side of things. We went Haskins, Hertz, Jones, and Murray. I don't know their ages off the top of my head, but I would assume all of them are under the age of like 25, right? So yeah. that's, you know Easily. what I mean? That's Easily. right off the bat. Running back, again, I feel like we went super young as well there. Keyshawn Vaughn um, and J.K. Dobbins, both rookies entering this league. Chubb is only entering, I think, his fourth le- fourth year in the league. Justin Jackson, super young. Malcolm Brown, a little bit on the older side. Giovanna Bernard, these are kind of are, you know, in case injuries or in case mm-hmm. things don't go the way they should go. And then, of course, the same was with uh, Trevion Williams as well. Um, another guy that I think that could potentially do make some make some things work. Um, again, super young. It, when you're doing a Devi startup, that's the kind of route you want to go. You know what I mean? Like you want to be on the young side of things. Um, it's not that Stoops and I didn't think we could compete right away. I think with this roster, we built it in a way where we could compete year one, but we're also playing the long term play. Right? Yep. That's another thing that you when you're trying to you know roster construct and with the idea of. What I like to do is I like the idea of winning now, but I also like the long-term goal. Can I win two years? Can I years win in years two, three, four, right? You know what I mean? That's kind of what we did with this roster without even really kind of speaking about it. But again, Stoops mm-hmm. and I, it's crazy how often a lot of the times our heads are in the same wavelength. We're not always on one side or the other. You know, if we have a difference of opinion, it's not that far off. So you know, approaching these drafts together was kind of fun. And then, of course, on the receiving side, we threw some darts. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the darts that we threw. Um, uh, the darts, I will say, like Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? Landry's not getting any younger, right? Landry's getting a little bit up in age. I think his contract's up after this year. Beckham, who knows? Beckham can go out here and have an amazing year, and he sticks with the Browns for another couple. Or he could lose his shit, and we can move on to – but again, that kind of rises people's up into that. In, into that wide receiver outlook. You know what I mean? So that's another one. Perriman, I think he's another one. I think that we kind of, I like that dart that we threw there. He's going to move into the Jets. He's probably going to be the number one wide receiver. You know what I mean? Him and Mims, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I like that pick. John Ross is a dart that I love, right? <laughs> Can you imagine 
like he's just going to run straight and Burrow's going to put the ball just in his hand. Throw hands. it to him. Yep. You know what I mean? That team's loaded with weapons. You know what I mean? So it's, but Ross, again, is still very young. You know what I mean? And of course, one dart throw that I really, really, really liked, and obviously you really, really, really liked, was Courtney Davis. Yeah. Um, the talent there is insane. Right. You've talked about Courtney Davis till you're blue in the face as much as I talked about Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? The talent is there. The footwork is there. The ability is there. If he can just carve the smallest of niche into that offense, it's going to be worthy of something. You know, but that one right there, Courtney Davis is a long term play. Right. He could be a year two, year three factor into this because he's going to have to showcase himself. You know, he was undrafted. You know what I mean? It's going to be hard. But again, I think that was our 23rd round, 24th round pick. It was 24th. I think he was our last pick. Yeah. So, again, a great dart throw. Now, the top-heavy side of the wide receivers, we went DK Metcalf, who I absolutely love. He's Mm -hmm. a monster. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I think – I don't understand. He is going way under the radar, in my opinion, as the number two receiver in that offense. He is going to be the number two, guys. Okay. Michael Thomas, you know, they might try to double – Cover, triple cover the guy he's gonna get his he's gonna eat no matter what but that team throws the ball 500 times a year right five six hundred times a year yep. who's the who's who's this pass is gonna go sanders is a reputable receiver that's going to be in that slot i think he's gonna eat all year um so i love that darius slayton another guy that nobody knows how that giants depth heart's gonna kind of let out and i know stoops you have slayton in a lot of places mm-hmm. you know what i mean i know you're a big slayton guy it's, it's your jones slayton guy as well i think you've got them both of them in a couple of different leagues yeah. um adam thielen adam you know that's adam thielen you know what i mean he's he, when he's healthy he's one of the best receivers in football and then preston wilson's another guy right you know i'm a big parker guy you're not a big parker guy that's one of the big differences we have but again with with the way they're set up for the future you have two coming in there he's going to be the quarterback Preston Wilson, they're going to have to throw the ball, right? You know what I mean? So Preston Wilson's, I think that probably they're easily number two receiver on that roster. Who's and they Preston really... Wilson? Preston Williams, sorry. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Preston Williams. Like, who is that? I was like, who, did, who is what? I'm staring right at his name. This is what, that's what makes it worse. It's right there in front of me. I'm pre- saying Preston. Preston Williams, there we go. Um, and then, of course, on the tight end side of things, we went super young at tight end. Yeah. And we went three super talented guys. Um, Adam Troutman is a guy I have been trying to get in every single league. Um, in one league, I didn't end up with him because Stoops took him because he's a bully. But um, outside of that, uh, we have Troutman, Goddard, and we have Darren Waller. Darren Waller, I have in a couple places as well. I love Darren Waller. I think the talent is astronomically insane there. So that was kind of, like I said, we built very, very young. I wish I could look like do a magic calculator and say our – you know, average age for our roster. And I'm pretty sure it's got to be like 24, but it's, it's super duper young. And I like that. So on the Debbie side of things, right. We're picking one Oh five. Um, I, <laughs> so obviously how it broke down was pretty simple, right? Lawrence went one shocker chase ETN. And then Trey Lance was a little bit of the curveball at one Oh four. Um, Lance's stock has rose ever since it came out of Matt Miller's mouth. Right. Yep. Matt Miller said Trey Lance is going to be the second best quarterback in this class. And now everybody thinks he's the second best quarterback in this class. Matt Miller knows more about, you know, fantasy or more about the draft than I do, but I still think that he's wrong whenever he says Trey Lance is better than Justin Fields. Cause for me, it's Lawrence and Fields and then the rest. But he was also knocking, he was also knocking AGG for a long time. I know he's not a quarterback and yes. look at him now. Exactly. Look at him now. So now in the Debbie aspect, we all know how I feel. We all know who's my second ranked quarterback in the Debbie aspect side of things. And that's yeah, we Keaton took him. Slavis. All right, no. <laughs> it's Keaton Slavis. Now, we text back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At 105, we had options, right? We had plenty of options. We could have went anywhere from Najee Harris to Chuba Hubbard to Rashad Bateman to Rondell Moore to Keaton Slavis to Justin Fields to Sam Howell. The options were really endless there. So for what, what kind of was funny to me was – is how it played out. Stoop said, I don't hate going Howell or Slavis here. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I didn't hate going those either. I am not as big on Hal as, as Stoops is, right? And when you're drafting together, you make concessions. You know what I mean? Like, it, to me, and I don't think, this wasn't a, a concession because if I would have been like, all right, well, I really prefer Slavis, you'd have been like, okay, cool. Yeah. But that would have been a concession on your side. For me, I have zero Sam Hal. Zero. So, in this kind of thing, and this is kind of a question before we kind of dive more into this draft is, going into your draft on the Debbie portion, on a startup side, 
do you make a list of guys that you say, I want this guy no matter the cost? Or do you just make a – and then on top of that, on the, so do you make it the list of saying, hey, I like this guy no matter the cost? And then on the flip side, do you make a list of guys that like, I'm going to target these guys if they land in these specific rounds? Kind of. Um, I do have, uh, it's kind of more listed in my head. Um, sometimes I do go make Excel spreadsheets and, you know, target guys and stuff like that. But there are certain guys that I, it's the way I look at it more is I basically have zero shares of so-and-so. So in that sense, that's where I try and really approach it and basically just try and get those guys essentially no matter the cost. But then there's also the other guys, like for example, for me, I knew Trey Lance was going to be an early first round pick. The hype behind him has been unreal. I just knew that he was going to be a top guy that people were really going to reach a little bit more for. So that's why with Lance, he was kind of on that flip side of, hey, he's probably not a guy I'm really going to target because of his cost, right? However, um, there are guys that I do say I've got to have him. For example, um, in one of our other leagues, like Travis Etienne, I had him nowhere. And I knew he was going to be an early pick, but I had an early pick. So I said, no matter what, and actually I take that back. Let's go to the auction side of it. I know auction is a totally different ball game. And we've talked about that. He was one guy in that auction that I said, I'm getting him no matter the cost I'm getting him. So it, there are, but it comes down to more. Do I have a share? No shares, two shares. Oh, I've got two shares. Ah, if he falls to a certain spot, I'll take him. But so I guess to answer the question, yes, there are certain guys that, that I will, um, essentially you could say maybe reach on a little bit to get him because that's who I want. And I've always, always said it, you know, if you've got a guy, get your guy. And that's what you did on the Scott fish side. I forgot what guy you'd mentioned, but it's uh, Oh, Rager. Yep. How you said you probably reached on him a little bit, get your guy right now. Obviously don't take him in the first round, you know, of a startup, but at the same time, like get your guy. So yeah, um, there's a list of them that, that I'll, I'll reach a little bit more for. And then I've basically got to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting him essentially no matter the cost. Um, but then there's other guys where it's just like, because of the cost, I'm not going to get him. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I 100% said, I want Jalen Rager. And at the time, I was the highest that took Rager. Like I said, I think it was like round eight or nine. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. You know, if you have a guy, get your guy. But then remember, at the same time, if you're drafting like we are, um, when you draft, we draft in the second round, right? We're at what, or no, sorry, in the first round. We're at 105. The way you set it up, you flipped it around. You know, you mm -hmm. have that other pick the next round. So we, you know, we have 105 in round one, round two, we're at 208, right? So you have 13 picks. This is more so for like the later rounds. You know, first round, you're taking that guy, right? Yep. You know what I mean? So even if in like round three, we're picking 305, we're not picking again until 408. So we have to understand that there's like 13 picks in between the next time we're going to pick. Mm -hmm. So is the guy that we're looking at, we talked about this. Okay. Yep. So we're, now we're, now we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the trade that we made. So approaching, um, I guess, trades per se, um, it, it's interesting because obviously it's both of us involved with the trade. So we want to make sure that we're both happy with the trade. Okay. So obviously we're always trying to pick up extra Debbie assets, but not losing sight of the goal of getting the guys that we want. Um, when we were getting ready to pick, we were a couple picks away from 208. I kind of threw it out there to the chat. I wanted to get feelers. Because honestly, I, I had no urge to trade 208. But yeah. if somebody's willing to give us some some assets that we could utilize to get further into the draft, we both know Debbie well enough. You're obviously a hell of a lot more in depth than I am, but we both know it that we can grab these guys five, six, seventh round that we know that we truly buy into the fact that they're going to take it that next level. They're going to play on Sundays. So with that being said, I didn't mind throwing it out there to trade. So I threw a trade. I just threw it out there. So I got a text message offer that said 208, 1008 for 504 and 508. So looking at this right then and there, if we trade the 208, we are losing three rounds of picks, right? Not theoretically, but in the trade we are, right? So at 208, we're going to trade that away. We pick again at 305, and then, of course, we pick again at 408. But within that being said, we wouldn't have picked – from 105 until 305, yeah. okay? So you're almost two full rounds of not picking before we pick again, right? So that's a lot of players that are going to be gone. We had a, I'm not going to say out loud because this, this draft's still going on, but we have a couple of guys that we earmarked that we liked, right? 
Um, I don't care about saying who it is. You know what I mean? We had a couple guys in mind. We had a couple of receivers. Of course, we had Borhe, who's Borhe's off the board now. You know what I mean? So th that's a guy that we kind of looked at. I looked at Jaden Daniels at the time. He obviously was off the board. We did go quarterback in the first round. I doubt we would go at 305 again. So it's like, who will be available at 305 that's going to be okay with us giving up the 208? So I sent Stoops a text message, and I was like, hey, man, what do you think of this? You were intrigued. And then you threw a little curveball my way, and we're like, hey, well, what about if we pick up an extra asset in the future? And I was like, well, you know, what does it hurt, right? When you're making trade offers, and it's not – and you're not trading – you're not countering with a, an insult of an offer. You're just trying to add to the already trade in place that that was approached to us, right? So, like I said, 210, 10.08 for 504 and 508. Um, so you said, why don't we try to get a future pick in, in involved as well? So I, I said, all right, well, let's throw in a, a future. You said second. I just said the future third and he, or the future second. I, so he was like, all right, well, what about this? So the trade ended up falling into place like this, 208, 1008, next year's third for, um, or sorry, sorry, 208, 1008. And then next, our next year's fifth for 504, 508. And then we picked up a third next year. Um, the trade ended up working out very, very well for us. Um, once I sent that to you, you were gun ho about it. Mm -hmm. I was gun ho about it. Let's make the trade. And the reason it made it look even better now is when we look at the, the broad scope of things, we really didn't drop that far, right? We went two away to three Oh five. We're picking at three Oh five, but right now we kind of hold keys to what we could potentially do. If there's a guy in round three, we have the tools to we move. We could up. always move up. Yep. Right. So now we have the assets, not just maybe we like the guys that we get in round four and five. So right now our picks are going to line out like this. We have 305, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Right now we have 408 because of the trade. We have 408, 504, 505, and 508, right? So within, you know, five, within 10 picks of each other, you know, or within 12 picks, we have five of those picks. That's fantastic. Right. Yep. That's going to get us a lot of things that we want. Again, if we get to the bottom half of round three and say, hey, man, I don't think this guy's going to make it to 408. Let's go get it. Mm -hmm. We have a package that we can offer to really utilize to move up. Are we going to do that? Maybe not. But the options are there. Having three picks in the fifth round is very awesome. Not just having the three picks, but 504, 505 back to back. And then we got 508. So within, you know, within that five picks, we have three of those picks. So we have a lot of assets. We did give up the, you know, we did give up 208. 208's a valuable pick, especially in a Debbie startup. It's very, very valuable. But what we got in return far outweighed what we were going to maybe do at 208. And to be honest with you, one of the guys that we're looking at 208 is still, still available. Yep. We're one pick away from picking the 305. If he's still available, we made this trade thinking still that we got a guy. one of these guys, and we're still going to potentially get a guy that we yeah. want. So, and the reason whenever you came to me, because the guy had sent me kind of a private chat as well, kind of the same concept, but I was at work, I was busy, and then you had sent me that message. So then you and I just started talking about it. But yep. the reason I also wanted to, or was saying, hey, let's see if we can get a future asset is one because yeah okay so we gave up our second round pick yes we still have our third which we only it's a it's a small enough gap that i was like cool we can give that one up and still be okay but i wanted to try and gain a future an er earlier future pick is because those are going to be depleted drafts debbie depleted drafts right so yeah it's a third rounder i get that but at the same time we only had basically it's going to be a five round uh debbie draft going starting year two and on We've got our first, we've got our second, and then Aubrey has a, we had a third, fourth, and fifth, right? So when he basically, I get, whenever you sent that message, you said, hey, he just wants a fifth rounder, and he'll give us his third. That's why I was like, sure, let's let's do it, because now we've got one, we've got our first, second, two thirds, and a fourth. And as you just said, in the current situation, if we're sitting at, let's say it drops down to, even if it's 403, 404, 405 range, let's say. Yep. If there's a guy there we want, we can say, hey, we've got a future third and the 5-0 whatever, and we can jump up to that fourth round pick potentially and use that to really jump up and get another guy we want. And it's kind of just helping us out. So, And if we don't, we don't. But we can still use that future third in a future trade. Or again, yeah. we just hold on to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And really, it could come down to it. I'm kind of I'll say maybe giving we could even say, hey, here's both of those thirds. This is down the road, obviously. Yep. Here's these, here's both of these thirds move into the second. And now we've got two seconds and a first and still the fourth, which 
you know, that's, a, that's, but it's just, it's, it's kind of understanding it on that sense, right? Being willing to trade pieces, understanding what you potentially want to do with those pieces. And if you don't make the trades still be okay with what you have. Yep. That's the biggest piece. And that's why I was just so comfortable. And I even told you worst case scenario, we say, Hey, send us an extra, a future second, you know, and you got a deal. And then he counters with whatever. And if we don't like it, he doesn't like it, whatever we can say, all right, you know what? We're actually good with that original deal. Let's go with it. And, and some exactly people, what he did. some people are going to say, well, no, like I don't want to do it anymore. And if that was the case, okay. You know, yeah. and there are times when you can push too much and then it kind of just breaks the deal down. But yeah. we felt, and obviously he felt the same way that it's like, you know what? That's not a bad ask, but Hey, let's do this. You know what? Boom. We're good. Let's move on. Yeah, and you so just kind of build into- re- relationships in that sense too. Yeah, exactly. You send him a set. Hey, I want a second. And then he returns and says three and five. Okay, well, that's that's, that's 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 fair. You know what I mean? That was it got us an extra piece. Yep. We wanted an extra piece going back into the trade conversation. And we kind of got that extra piece. And there's one thing that I like to say. I, I don't know how you feel about this, too. But for me, yes, you want to look at your roster mm-hmm. prior to going into the Debbie draft. But I wouldn't exactly prioritize like we talked about this. We wanted to go running back kind of heavy in this. Debbie. It didn't work out that way. Right. Yeah. It didn't. No, nothing fell really into our place. The other thing about it is running backs really kind of become an overvalued position. That's the thing. If you look at your roster and say, I need a running back, but you really like a quarterback in that round one, take the quarterback, right? Take the guy that you want. It doesn't necessarily have to. You're looking at a guy. This is a Debbie draft, guys. You know what I mean? Like a year from now, you don't know what your roster makeup could be. Right. There's a lot of people that this like last this time last year were taking Andrew Luck and then Andrew Luck just retired. Right. You know what I mean? Like people were taking him in Debbie. I mean, in dynasty drafts and thinking, I've got my quarterback for the next however many years. And then Andrew Luck disappeared. Yes. Is that anomaly? For sure. It is. But uh, sitting at one oh five. It was never a question. Are we going to take Chuba Hubbard or Najee Harris? Your text back to me was, I don't hate Slavis or Howell here. Knowing well that we do have, you know, we have Haskins, we have Hertz, we have Jones, we have Murray, we have young assets. But within those young assets is a lot of question marks as well, right? Sam Howell is two years out, right? He's not coming in this draft this year, so he's going to be the following year. So it's it's about taking the guy that you want. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. In my opinion, it doesn't matter the position. Sometimes whenever you get to these later rounds, you want to fill some needs that you know that, you know, all right, well, I'm going to look at my running back roster. You know, I've got, man, I've got Adrian Peterson. I've got, you know, I've got Derek Henry. I've got a couple of these older guys that might not be in the league in two or three years. I need to get some, you know, this is a startup league. Uh, you know, the second year, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. I've got to draft some running back assets as well. Sure. But, in that first round and even in the second round, draft the guys that will, you know, it depends on how your draft falls out as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. How it all kind of, but take the guy you want. It doesn't have to particularly matter in the position, in my opinion, because there's going to be instances where you're like, man, I took a quarterback in round one, but damn, this quarterback fell to me in round two. Again, people forget about the trade aspect. You know what I mean? A year from now, that asset could be so important to somebody that they're willing to give up the farm. Or Daniel Jones could have such a great year this year that somebody says, hey, Stoops, we want Daniel Jones. And then in the back of the mind, we say, all right, well, we've got Hal coming in. You know what I mean? Next year. We can afford to give up this asset because we've got an asset coming into the future. So there's a lot of different things that kind of come in play in your draft. But draft the guy you want period to me it that's ex- it's the most important thing people are always like well draft per position draft per position no worry about filling your roster out later you know what i mean i feel the same way about the regular drafts you know what i mean about you know startup labs you, you have assets you got to build your assets however you want to take the best player available obviously keep in mind you know where you're drafting when's your next pick is the guy that you want going to be there etc 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 but on the debbie side of things when you're approaching especially on the startup side Take the guys you want. Yep. Take the guys you want. It doesn't matter. If you end up going four quarterbacks, you end up going four quarterbacks. You know, the cheapest you're gonna get a quarterback is in the draft. Exactly. And that's the one thing that you've 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 said to me on several occasions over these almost this last year. That is why I feel that way about Debbie drafts. The cheapest you're gonna get a quarterback is right at this moment. You're never going to, you're if you're 101, you are never going to be able to land a Trevor Lawrence in a trade without giving up the farm. 
Well, and, and the thing is, like, for example, DJ Ugalele, I don't know, quarterback out of Clemson. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the guy, right? But then, like, Spencer Rattler, like, they both went second round. If things go as we assume and, and, and project that they will, you're not getting those guys in the second round anymore. You're going to have to spend early first round picks to get those guys in a Debbie draft. So it's it's one of those where, like I said, the cheapest you're going to get the quarterback is right now. And even Trevor Lawrence at 101, not to say that that's cheap because that's obviously a steep price, but at the same time, if you were to try and trade for that, I still feel the price you would give up now to get to the 101 is going to be much cheaper than what it's going to be. Well, hey, he just got drafted by, I don't know, let's call it New England or Tampa or who, because you know, whatever, right? He gets drafted exactly. by a certain team. Well, now you've got to give up two firsts and you got to give up said running back. And it's just the, the price is just blown out of proportion now. So I still feel that, yes, the 101 is never cheap, but it's going to be cheaper than what it would be a year from now. So that's kind of why I always say that. And I wasn't even one that came up with that. I can't take credit for coming up with that saying. Someone else said it to me, and it was just like, you know what? That's that's true. But it's one you of know? those things that kind of sticks with you. And it, you passed it, you, you say it to me one day, and it kind of just resonates with me, mm-hmm. and it kind of it changes my approach on a lot of things. Because younger people within the fantasy circles, Debbie, obviously, I'm still very fresh to the Debbie side of things as well. So it's understanding a lot of the different nuances. You know, studying the players can be fun and dandy, but going into a draft and teaching somebody how to go into a draft or making them understand how to go into a draft is a whole different ballpark than actually talking about rankings. Talking yep. Rankings really go out the door, it, 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 you know, a lot of the times on the Debbie side of things. Because if you look at it, you know, Trey Lance is not 104 on 90% of people's, uh, you know, Debbie aspect of drafts. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about where you like these guys and how you like them. And and you can – rankings are only going to take you so far. I think that on both sides in, in fantasy football and, and you know, when you're doing a fantasy football draft, a dynasty draft, and any of it a Debbie draft. What I think a lot of people should start doing, um, and I've seen this in other – even just like the NFL side startup – Doing more of it, and I think it's huge in Devi, but like doing a tier-based system um, might be a little bit better because it's one of those things where, again, you might have, and this is just argument sake, let's say you got Lawrence, Slavis, um, Howell, Fields, and you're tier one, right? Just for namesake. And let's say we're sitting down at 109, 110, right? And your pick is up and Slavis is still there. You're like, man, he was in my tier one. But then you look over at like the running backs and your tier ones were Hubbard, Etienne, and Harris. All three of those are gone. Well, hey, I still got a tier one guy that I like. Boom, jump on that. You know what I mean? As opposed to having to say, well, I need to jump up to five to grab this guy. So it's having a tier-based system is sometimes a little bit better um, than having your ranking system, especially unless you're going to do like an all-inclusive ranking. Then yeah. that might that's kind of the same concept as a tier, I guess. But I think tiered systems are are, are a good way to approach uh, certain drafts, and I think Debbie's one of them. Because again, even more extreme of an example, one of those guys you have in tier one could drop to two hundred two, two hundred three, and you're just like, well, hey, I'm going to trade up and get this guy, or hey, that's my pick, I'm going to take him. So there's just so many different ways to to approach it. None of them are wrong. Um, it's just kind of, and it's fun to get into a few more leagues just to do trials, right? You know, you're not obviously going to just tank things and just say, well, I, well hopefully this works and it didn't. You kind of have a mindset and a, a plan behind it, yep. but try different things because that's the only way you're going to find out. So what works for you and, and, and what you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts, exactly. Um, so yeah, folks, like I said, if you have any questions on Debbie related things, obviously Stoops and I are always open to answer any and all questions. Um, you know, I feel like more and more, the more I think about this, the more um, people listen to some of the shows, you know, not just helping you find guys that you like, but also helping you with strategy heading into these Debbie drafts, especially for first timers, especially people that have never done this stuff before. We want to be able to assist you the best way we can to make you feel comfortable. We want more people to play Debbie. We want more people to play Debbie. You know what I mean? You know, the, I saw a number where they think, you know, I, I guarantee I say I think it's like I would say it's like close to like one percent of people play Debbie. Yeah, it's a low number. But as we continue to grow, fantasy football 10 years ago is different than it is today. You know what I mean? Like PPR was an anomaly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now PPR is the standard and then standard leagues are just kind of the, you know, the opposite now. So it's an ever changing thing that we want to just be able to sit here and say, we want to help you guys get to where you want to go. 
With that being said, I, I just have one little tidbit before we leave. Please normalize women mm -hmm. in sports. Please. Um, what came out with the Washington Redskins, I'm sure has happened in a variety of NFL teams, Major League Baseball, NBA. But it is, it's disheartening. It's disrespectful. It, it's, it's something that we need to normalize. I know a lot of women with inside the fantasy football business, within real football, within baseball, that know more about sports than some yeah. of us will ever remember or forget, right? Um, and, and that's the thing. Stop, 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 stop sending a tweet to a baseball, uh, a female baseball and say, well, name me the guy that hit a home run in the 1932, you know, World Series. Yeah. It, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I, this is a stupid story, but I'll tell it. I remember I was a young kid. I, I can't remember my exact age, 10, 10 to 12 years old. Played baseball. I was a hot shot baseball player. I just thought I was the be all end all. My sister played softball. I, I was joking around with you know one of her friends one day, and I said to her, I was like, hey, you know what? You can't strike me out. You know what I mean? <laughs> you play softball, you pitch it underhand. Again, young and dumb, right? Struck me out in three pitches. <laughs> three pitches, guys. Um, for me, normalizing this is something that we have got to do. Have um, you ever tried to to throw a softball? Like that? Uh, I, I can't that. do that. That's the other thing. No, I can't. I can't can throw it. over. No, oh, yeah. can't do it. And the thing about it is how fast they can do it. I, I, it. Three pitches. I was out. I, yeah. I I tuck my head between my legs and yeah. took my L and went on behind my way. I never heard the end of it. Oh, but the thing yeah. You know, the thing about it is, is we have got to normalize this. The disrespect, the tweets that we've seen over the last couple of days, um, just discrediting or just saying, oh, well, that is it. No, that's not it, guys. This is not the route to go. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? I, and it's just saying that you're not going to read an article or listen to a podcast because she's a female. Like that, yeah. that, it. It goes. It goes for for males too, where it's like, hey, I'm not going to listen to said person because they give false knowledge or they give bad stats. Like, okay, I I can see that, right? Yeah. But to say, well, she's a female, I'm not going to listen. That just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's like saying, hey, Matt Miller one time said this, so I'm never going to listen to him again. Correct. Guys, we're all wrong. If you yep. would have listened to that, you would have never listened to me because I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be a <laughs> so. You know what I mean? Like that exactly. to me is something that. You know, and that's the other problem I've seen is we give out bad. You know, we give out a. This is my opinion. It ended up being wrong. You never really hear about it, but when a female does it, well, you remember two years ago whenever you said, "Well, like, how do you remember that?" First of all, yeah, like, I said the same you thing. You're not calling me out. Name. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know what yeah. I mean? Now, people were like to remind me of my Mahomes things, but you know what I mean. At the same time, like, don't bring up that stuff to women. You know what yeah. I mean? They, like I said, normalize women no. in sports. Whether it's broadcasting, whether it's po podcasting, whether it's reporting, they should be treated as we are treated within this business, period, end of story. Um, all right, folks, make sure to do us a favor. Check out some of the other podcasts on the Drive-In Podcast Network. We have 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. It's hilarious. God, I love this podcast. Hosted by Tim, Jeff, and Ben. These guys make me laugh. It's literally one of my favorite podcasts to listen to each and every week. You also understand and learn some stuff about music. Um, Tim actually posted an article over at themusiccitydrivein.com. It's very kind of disturbing, but it's also crazy to think about a song that I listened to a thousand times, and it's a little bit different. Obviously, check out the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast as well with Matt, Dennis, Matt, and uh, Tony. Um, those guys are great. You know what I mean? These guys know their stuff big time. You know what I mean? I love listening to them. It's informative to try to help me with my drafts as well. Check out the Music City Drive-In podcast, my other podcast with Jacob. We talk about the uh, Kenzie, who also is a new co-host with us as well. Uh, very excited to have her on board. We've been talking about the Oscars with obviously no new films being released in theaters for To Be Determined. Um, and then make sure to check out the Film Optics podcast. Um, these guys tackle everything in the world in news, content, TV, pop culture, everything uh, we have a host of list of other shows. Top 10 with Tia, Skate to the Throats, Wrestling Geek Alliance, Wrestling Geek Alliance. There we go. Call me by your commentary. We have basically a podcast for anybody that wants to listen to a podcast. So um, it's exciting to be a part of this network. It's exciting to see it grow in this fast knowledge. Uh, make sure to head on over to the musiccitydrivein.com to check out all the articles. We have articles ranging from sports to uh, video games, to football, to movies, to TV. We've got you uh, covered each and every week. Give Stoops a follow on Twitter at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at RickyVillar underscore. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. And until next time, 
We'll talk to you guys later. Ricky's favorite movie is Forrest Gump. See y'all later. I hate you. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.